Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey, this is Leon Poe, man. You're listening to Causeway Street Podcast. What's up, y'all? This is Kenny Anderson. Y'all listen to the Causeway Street Podcast. For all you new listeners out there, I'm your host, Joseph Pavone. I'm joined as usual by my two co-hosts. I'm Sean Dutra. What's up? So yeah, like, talk about walks yourself. on the B. There you go. Joel Pavone. What up? I'm a Pisces. <laughs> the most romantic. He leads off with that. The most romantic sign in all the Zodiac. Oh. You couldn't tell by my voice already. Oh. Sexy. But I'm the producer of this ensemble that we call Causeway Street. In case you missed it. Hey, Bill Walton here, Celtics 1986. You're listening to the Causeway Street Podcast. Yeah. Come here for nothing but the truth. This is where dreams come true. Thank you, Boston, for my life. Where are we going? You guys are such homers. It's your boy Terry Rozier. You're listening to the Causeway Street Podcast. Now listen to my boys Joe Sway, Joel, and Sean. Man, we knew this other team was going to impress us or continue to impress us after the first two rounds. But I can't say I expected this. You got a blowout in one game. LeBron James, one of his worst playoff performances at TD Garden, a place that he's very familiar with for putting up epic performances. And then the Celtics follow it up with a humongous win in Game 2. Eastern Conference Finals against the Cleveland Cavaliers, where by the end, the last couple of minutes, you saw both teams empty out their benches, and it was a wrap. The Celtics now are two games away from the NBA Finals, Joel. How am two I wins. saying this right now? Two wins, two wins. Two wins away. From the NBA Finals, they have a 2-0 lead heading to Cleveland where the series shifts over for Game 3 Saturday night. What a series it has been. What a performance. What a dominating performance from this Boston Celtics team. We'll break it all down. We're talking about what the Cavs can do to save this series, to make it a series, to avoid a 3-0 hole. And, of course, we'll also swing things over to the Western Conference where things are getting interesting over there. Series is tied up now, one game apiece as the series shifts over to Golden State or Oakland, I should say. So we'll talk about that as well. I do still like 
the Rockets in this series. I know they're the underdogs. I know it's most likely we'll see the Warriors pull out, but I'm still thinking that the Rockets can put something together. So we'll I'll let you know more about Maybe another my win. thought process, but maybe another win. Maybe All another right, win. we'll see. We'll see. Joseph Pavone here. Joel Pavone with me. Causeway Street Podcast. What a breaking down these two matchups. Man, unbelievable stuff, Joel. I mean, we're talking about these young guys and what they're able to do. I mean, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. I mean, Jalen Brown looks like he's just damn near just in the zone and he's just damn near like going toe-to-toe with LeBron James. And I know the stats don't say that, but if you look at just his body language and how he went about that first quarter, of course, 21 points from LeBron James, an epic first quarter, incredible first quarter. But Jalen Brown wasn't too bad. You know, he was pretty incredible for himself, you know, for Jalen Brown, where he was able to put together that 14-point first quarter, keeping the Celtics relatively close. And once it got to halftime, I mean, once they were – not even down by double digits at the half. You just kind of got the feeling that the Celtics are going to pull away eventually, if no one else, or if if we, you know if someone else couldn't step up for the Cleveland Cavaliers, that that was going to be the case. That's exactly what happened. I mean, Jalen Brown was the only one, in my opinion, in Game Two, keeping the Celtics alive in that first half. We saw LeBron go off. That was expected. Right. I mean, the man was at the TD Garden Sway with his shirt off yeah. <laughs> at 10 in the morning putting up shots. You knew that LeBron oh, he was, all business. was serious. Yeah. yeah. He, he, was he didn't even have the do-rag on. He had, he had the filler, right? He, he <laughs> had the filler game in game one, 15 points. What was that, seven turnovers? He, he was like, you know what? Now I know what I have to do. Yeah. And that is... Play like shirtless LeBron. What, what did he call it again? What did he call game one? It was it's the uh, it's the feel out. It's the feel out game. That's right. He felt things out, so he was able to drop twenty one one quarter later. So he was feeling himself. Yeah. If he could play without a shirt on in, in, in that game, he probably would have. I should have asked him. What did, what did you feel out in game two? What was the feeling like? You know, you felt you know game one's always a feel out game. Tell me what game two is because if a monster triple double like the one he put together. 42 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists. I mean, if that's not enough, along with, of course, a double-double from Kevin Love, which is like the most, the, the most quiet double-double I've ever seen in Seriously. quite some time. Man, 22 points, 15 rebounds. Talk about you know, I mean, the rebounds a performance don't, don't that went under the radar. Me. The rebounds don't shock me. He always does well on the boards, offensively, right. on both ends yeah. for, for, for Kevin Love and, and Thompson as well. But, you know, 22 points. I, I mean, he did hit a couple of threes in that third quarter. And... Like you said, at the after, afterwards, it was like, oh, oh, he hit the the twenty point mark. Okay, didn't really make a difference. No, it didn't. But I mean, here we are, right? Two nothing. Um, is it really though a shock at this point that the Celtics have shown that they're the more talented team? I don't think it's a shock. I just think the fact that the Cavaliers haven't gotten any offense from any of these guys is a bit of a shock i mean look at this box score right now three points from hill zero points from jr smith a starting shooting guard who's been in this league for quite some time puts up 0 for 7 0 for 4 from behind the arc and then you look at the bench nance zero uh, uh jeff green six corver 
11, which isn't too bad, but I mean, no, no, hold on. Rodney Hood, two points. I mean, let's go back to Corbin. who's going to step up here? Let's go back to Cor- Corbin for a second. Why didn't Tyron Lue stick with Corbin in the third quarter? He was the only thing, you know, he was the only thing that, that he had going off the bench. It's because he needs somebody else. I mean, I was. He went more with Hood. I was thinking that, yeah, Hood is a guy that he's you com- need to get he's going. Convinced, he's convinced that Hood is going to, like, step out of this funk. Well, who else can score off the dribble like that? I mean. That's true, but, like. like they need someone that can create offense. And is it, is it, it's just that's been their biggest problem these first two games. But isn't Corver their J.J. Redick? Yeah, he is. And he had a decent game for Corver. You know, four for eight. Two for five from behind the arc. I mean, I would have, if I'm Cleveland, I, I, I want to see him take at least 12, 13 shots. He took eight. He's so, one of the few bright spots outside of LeBron in the first half of, for Cleveland. Yeah, but he would have thought he's he would have stuck with him a little bit longer. guy going to create offense. Oh, off you're track. right, but I mean, neither. I mean, they call him J.J. Reddick for a reason. J.J. Reddick doesn't really create his own offense. you got to create it for him. No, I get that, but I mean, you, you take those couple of threes and 11 points, and you're hoping that you get help from other guys. I mean... See, when see, Larry Nance got traded to the Cleveland, I'm like, uh, this is a guy who can help them out in the playoffs. He's He's been non-existent. Ronnie Hood, non-existent. Two points. I mean, George Hill, three points. He, he took four shots. See, the key word you just said before you started mentioning these guys was hope. I'm watching NBA TV after game two, and the former Cavalier... Well, they've had a f- couple of former Cavaliers on these shows lately, but the former Cavalier on NBA TV after game two, Brendan Hayward was repeating that word over and over again for game three and game four. Hopefully, Rodney Hood wakes up. Hopefully, George Hill plays like the George Hill of old in the playoffs that we've seen when he was with the Pacers. Hopefully, George, you know, Jordan Clarkson does something. Hopefully... Kevin Love <laughs> has a repeat mm. performance in game, of game two. So there's a lot of hopefulies. I've never heard that that kind of ana- that that you know when you analyze a LeBron James slash championship contending mm. team. Not even I don't think I even I don't remember in, even in 07 when he literally put that team on his back all the way to the to the finals. Past Detroit. I mean he didn't have a shot against San Antonio, but like that team had no business being in the finals. I think this team might be worse than that, if that makes sense. Mm. I mean, he didn't have a guy like Kevin Love, so I don't know if they're. But Kevin Love, if they're Kevin really Love's, worse. If, if but Kevin in Love today's is inconsistent though. In today's NBA, I mean, he's been pretty consistent throughout the postseason. The, the thing, the, the thing about this Cavs team is they haven't met a defense like the Celtics throughout this postseason. All right, they weren't defended the same way. Against the Pacers or against the Raptors, you know, uh, a team that's been able to limit their transition, uh, the 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 offense and transition, you know, what they're able to do so well, what what's what, the reason why they won so many games down the stretch, or the, or the reason why you know they were in this position to begin with. However, what I don't understand is how do guys that you traded for, you know, that these guys, I mean, Nance. Uh, Hood again, Clarkson. I mean, these guys. Clarkson didn't even play in Game Two. Like, and I'm not trying to say this is like a Lou thing. I don't think that like you know what he's doing is wrong, but it's just like, how do you not find offense for these guys? I, I get it. They're not going to go off. I get it. They're not going to combine for a Kyrie Irving like production that 
LeBron James misses so much that I don't even think he realized going into the postseason how much Kyrie Irving made such a difference throughout these last three years. I think that I think the Cavs all year, regardless of you know the the, the personnel in their roster, they've just been unorganized. They don't have something that they like like plays. It looks like to me that they run consistently. They don't have they don't have they don't play great defense. They haven't done that all season long. It doesn't matter who who's been on the team. Yeah, but you know do you know why? Especially against the Celtics though, in my opinion, is because the Celtics on the other hand have guys that can create. Jalen Brown can create. Well the Celtics Jason Tatum can create. Jason Tatum was squaring up with guys and it didn't matter who was on the other end, whether it was LeBron James or whether it was uh, what J.R. Smith. I mean, who who can limit these guys? I mean, Jeff Green for athletic reasons can do his best to stay in front of guys, but I mean, when Jason Tatum gets it going, and it's funny because I, it's there's so many options for the Celtics that I feel like Tatum could have been on his way to scoring 20, but it was almost like you know what I'll do it next time because you know what Rozier's just dropped 14 in the well, third that's, quarter. That's the, that's been the Jalen Brown just went off in the first quarter in the first half. He's doing his thing. You know, it's like. All right, I can take a backseat a bit because you guys got this. There's just too many weapons that the Cleveland Cavaliers can't contain them. Well, that's been their identity in this postseason. They knew days before the playoffs, I think, I think, what, maybe like two weeks before the playoffs, where to begin. We don't have Hayward. We don't have Kyrie. We got to figure this out. And they figured it out, especially in that first round. They figured it out. Once they got by the Bucks, I feel like... They 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 know what they're supposed to do on both sides of the floor, and and they show they show that against Philly, and they're showing it right now against the Cavs. I mean, I'm not sitting here saying that they're going to sweep the Cavaliers. That that would be some amazing shit to see. I'll tell you that. Not 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 be, not not because not not because you know I'm sitting here. And, you know, this is a Celtics podcast, and I'm not saying like yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for that. Right, but. The way they're playing right now, like you said, they have too many weapons. They're they're so they're more cohesive than the, than the Cavs. You could tell that. And on on the defense, on the defensive end, which heading into the series, I always said that that's the advantage. You know, that's what's going to they're well oiled limit. Right now. That's what's going to limit the Cavs. That's what's going to uh, get in their heads. And I think that that's that's been the case these first two games. They are in the Cavaliers' heads. The Cavs are struggling to put together their offense. I mean, look at that fourth quarter in game two, right? I mean, how many times did the Celtics come up with stops, but they couldn't convert on the other end? No, the Remember that? No, at the beginning, of that, at the beginning of, that, of that quarter, they take the lead, and they're walking up the court. And I'm thinking to myself, there's like nine minutes left in this game. We've seen it before. LeBron can just say, okay, y'all, y'all giving me this opportunity. I'm going to take it. But both of them were missing were missing key shots. There mm-hmm. was a a good like three minute, four minute stretch of really bad basketball between both teams, mm-hmm. turnovers, missed layups, and it seemed like the Celtics were just waiting for the clock to like run out until J.R. Smith decided to do what he did. Mm-hmm. And we all know what we're talking about here. You, know what, it, you about. know what it was too. It, it was like the law passed to Horford. Had it, had, had, it had so the well. crowd had the crowd no 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 had the crowd ready to just erupt, erupt. Yeah. and Jared's like no 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 come on they haven't scored in a while 
we're only down by eight now. We finally got it down to single digits. And I, I cannot let him get away with this. He just got the motions got got the best of him. You know what it was, in my opinion? I think he was bitching about not getting a call. He was. The other end. Yeah, he was. Because Smart played, he deed him up yeah. so well. But the second that the second that the 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 the, the stop happened and Southern started going on the other end, he went right to the referee's ear. Yeah. Just like complaining. Yeah, yeah. Marcus Smart had it. He was deeding him up so well. Takes a J.R. Smith three. I'm not gonna call it ill contested because <laughs> it's J.R. Smith. Takes a J.R. Smith type shot. She's been doing nothing for the first two games, and it's, and instead of just playing the game and trying to get back into it because it's not like they were getting killed. Mm. It was still it, it was still a winnable game for the Cavs, believe it or not. But no, that's that lazy, that's that Bush League bullshit, that toxic, I don't even know what to call it, like kind of like vibe that the Cavs have that if LeBron, I mean, and he's, doing, he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Like this whole notion that, oh, he scored 24 points in the first quarter. For the rest of the game, he scored, he scored twenty two more points. Mm. He had a triple double. Like, what else is the man supposed to do? Yeah. What else is he supposed to do? Like, it gets no to the one po- else is doing anything. It gets to the point where it's like, okay, well, just wait. If LeBron drops sixty, <laughs> oh, they're in trouble. <laughs> they're in trouble. Oh, just don't. You know, that's like, just a, that's just that's just the beginning. Why, like, wait till like wait till the- he gets back to Cleveland in front of that crowd. Twenty one. <laughs> oh, he's gonna go for forty in the first quarter. It's what like. That? Whether, whether he went where's the ceiling whether he went shirtless or not or he got to the arena early or not to put up shots everybody knew that he was gonna have a better outing than than the points, game one right than game one yeah like come on he, he he already topped it in the first quarter yeah those those 15 points but it's how the Celtics reacted to it that you know that this series is it's it's interesting to watch mm. it's been interesting to watch I think that's the Cavs best punch I mean, I'm not saying that the Celtics are going to blow blow the, the Cavs out in Game Three or Game Four, but I think that was the best punch that the Cavs could have come up with in the series. And the Celtics said, "We're still standing." They have to find a way to get these guys going though off the bench. I We're mean, still standing. I don't want to say that's their best punch that we saw in Game Two, but I will say this though. I mean, does LeBron have another 42 point game in him? I don't Absolutely it, no. But I don't think it matters if you don't. If right, if you don't small. get production from the other guys, it doesn't matter. His team is not that it talented. It doesn't matter. This is the, like I said, this is the worst. This game didn't even go down the wire. Yeah, this is the worst talented go down to the wire. Like Cavs or LeBron team, I think. Like, again, I'm still comparing it to the 07 team, the first time he went to the finals. But this might be the worst LeBron team that's was slated to go to the finals that he's ever had. But why weren't we saying this? After the trade, or why weren't we saying this heading into the playoffs? You know, well, I mean, I I personally was saying if there was if this one season that this, that the Celtics could uh you know knock a, a vulnerable LeBron and Cavs team, it was this season. No, I understand that, but I I think the narrative heading into the postseason was, oh, between them and Toronto, perfect because the Celtics don't have to face neither of them until. You know the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, because then they, they, they would have been battle tested, and and they've shown that they're battle tested. The Celtics. No, I know, but I'm saying like the the Cavs though, like heading into the postseason, no one thought like, oh man, there's no way these guys can go to the finals. Now that's the narrative, or at least for the majority of the national media, they're looking at this series and thinking, well, I mean, how can this team put together four wins in the next five games? I mean, I don't think anybody expected they were going to sweep the Raptors. But that's what I'm saying, though. 
<laughs> that's heading into the series, they were the favorites, right? Yeah. I mean, I think the the Raptors just they just shit the bed. I mean, I I I thought that Cleveland would would beat them, not like that though, but I thought it would go at least seven games, six seven games. But I don't know. I think after the grueling seven games against the Pacers, where there was a couple of those games that could have mm. gone either way, there was a questionable calls, but. Here we are. It's neither here or there. But mm, yeah, I don't know. People say that, but I, I mean, but you, you, but he goes through that. They needed like Bogdanovich to like keep shooting threes the no, way he I did. Got you, I got you. Game. But at the end of the day, they they weren't going to come out that series. No, right? I know. But what happens? What happens to 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 LeBron when he's that when he's that tested? When he, you you got him on the ropes and he still comes out winning the battle? It's like easy street for him the next the next series. Remember, remember, two thousand twelve Celtics took him in seven games. Mm. Took him in the. Uh, a historic game six to force game seven here in Boston. That's by far to me the best game I've ever seen him play. He hasn't topped that game, in my opinion. And what did he do to, the, to OKC? He murdered OKC in the finals. Mm. He was like the monkey off my back. I've beat Boston and possibly ended the you know the the the, the big three or the new big threes run. And now I get to begin my run. Wins the championship. What happened in What happened in 2013 when Again, seven games against the Pacers. I mean, he didn't he didn't cruise by San Antonio, but he had he had one hell of a series against San Antonio. And of course, if douchebag Ray Ray doesn't make the three, he's just not he's not hoisting the second one. But back to back championships, bam! I feel like when he's not tested, the next round takes him a little while to get a little started. So what happened in game one? It was his feel out game. You know, it's almost even it's almost better for him that he would get bounced out. Now, instead of the NBA Finals, because this team obviously would have no shot, whether it's Houston or Golden State waiting for him in the NBA Finals, right? You can look 20 years down the line and no, one, no one's going to say, oh, remember when LeBron lost in the 2018 Eastern Conference Finals? Most people are going to be like, no, I don't actually remember that. But Or no, they'll just say, oh, yeah, that, that team was terrible. Though. Yeah, I know. I know yeah. right? That team had no help. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. The Celtics won without Kyrie and, and Gordon Hayward, but that team was awful. They should have won. No. My, where, where the narrative was completely different heading into the series, right? It was like, oh no, Cleveland's the favorite. Forget it. This is it's the, this is it. The, the 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 run ends here for the Celtics. It's the same thing that happened in in 2010. Remember that the 60 plus win Cavaliers against the barely 50 win Celtics that that crawled into the fourth seed. There's no way LeBron was going to lose mm. to the old Celtics who barely. Had home court in the first round that season, and not only not only did the Celtics take care of of LeBron, gave him at the time his worst loss at home, the worst playoff loss in Cleveland uh, in Cleveland Cavaliers history, and then when the Celtics eliminated Cleveland, took off his jersey, walking out of TD Garden, what was the narrative? Well, LeBron quit. Mm. LeBron quit. He was at one foot out the door. People were kind of saying that after game two. That oh in that fourth quarter he he just kind of felt bad you know what I mean he like it was like, oh you guys don't want to help me out you know what um you know and, and then you know people were like oh he was asked after the game remember he had to go back to the locker room for a little bit you know were you okay did you feel like you couldn't perform the, you know differently I mean you couldn't perform at the same level after you got what was it he ran to Tatum no he said he was okay no, no, no. he Tatum, was fine Tatum ran it to him yeah that's right Tatum gave him the shoulder <laughs> into his neck. Could have been a concussion sway. But at the end of the day, does it even make a difference? Let's say hypothetically he does give up in those whatever, the the, the serious well, what? clinching no, game. On. Does it really make a difference? No, I, I mean, does it really? 
But what's what's giving up though? That's what I'm saying though. A triple double, forty point triple double. What more can you ask for the guy? Like if he does that again, he could do that for the rest of the series, and then when and if <laughs> I'm gonna choose my words wisely, the Cavs lose, they'll say, "Oh, LeBron needed help." And he LeBron gave quit. Yeah, he quit. He was already thinking about going to Philly or going to L.A. Whatever the case may be. They already were saying that after game one. That Cleveland gave that game up more than the Celtics yeah, that, took it. That, that was the talk. That's the talk. That's the talk. And for those who are listening to this podcast who aren't Celtics fans, you want to call us, you know, fanboys. And you, you want to call us uh, homers. No, this is, this is what we listen to from everywhere. Locally nationally because it's lebron but the celtics weren't the favorites in game in the round one they weren't the favorites in round two you know for damn sure that they're not the favorites right now in in, in this round but look at what they're doing in the first two games and lebron is not it, it doesn't phase him because guess what the last time he was down 0-2 in the eastern conference finals no not even Eastern Conference finals the 0-2 in general was in 2008 in the second round against who the celtics paul pierce and them celtics yeah which did go seven, obviously, and went down to the wire, but the Celtics did win that series. That's the team that year coming off of a finals appearance, making a, a midseason trade as well. Remember that? Old friend Delonte West, Wally Zerbiak. Do you, 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 you remember this team? Yeah. <laughs> in, in 2008? They lose that series, and the narrative is LeBron needs help. It's always that. LeBron needs more help. 2009, they lose to Orlando. Again, uh, uh, the top seed in the, in the East. LeBron needs help. They lose to the Celtics in 2010. When you went, when you could, you could hear the narrative breaking down each player against each other, right? That Jameson was better than Kevin Garnett. That, who was the hell was there? Who was oh, maybe guard? just as good. Maybe not better. But. No, I'm no. I heard. No, I heard that he was better than Garnett. Mo Williams better than that. Than Mo Williams Rondo. Was better than Rondo. Yeah, come on. But then he loses again. Nah, man, he needed more help. That's why he had to go and go to Miami. <laughs> yeah, I don't they blame won, him. They yeah, won sixty he, wins though. I don't have, blame him, man. I would have went to Miami too. You know, he just Dan Gibbler didn't help him out. They didn't, he doesn't have a KG. He doesn't have a, uh, a Ray Allen. Oh, but I thought KG wasn't as good as Jameson. You think this one's done? What do you mean? They're gonna sweep them? No, I mean, <laughs> like, they, they, like they can't get out. No, this the hole. Celtics are gonna, the Celtics are gonna win this series. Yeah, that's what I mean. Before this, before the series, I mean, we haven't been on in a little while. It's, it's been, a, it's been a crazy uh, few weeks here on the Cosby Street Podcast. But I originally predicted the Celtics in seven. Last series, I predicted the same, but they got it done in five. No, you said six. Oh, six, you're right. Thank yeah, you, you almost thank you, thank you, thank you. It, it almost happened. Yeah, no, because I, I was convinced that the Celtics were gonna win one in Philly, and that's exactly yeah. what they did. So it was good. I, I've I've kept it consistent. I have said Celtics in seven every series. Uh, every series, yeah. Every single series. It's a good way to be like, well, at least I said it was going seven. Yeah. Well, I mean <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> one could say it's a cop out, but at the same time, I'm still giving the Celtics the benefit of the doubt every series because like you said, they've been the underdog in every single series. I mean, granted, the series against the Bucks. Not a lot of people said the Bucks. A handful of people said the Bucks were going to win that series. But a lot but of people, the Philly series? No, but a lot of people said the Bucks though. Because the Philly of, series. Because everyone was talking about the Sixers winning that series. The thing that the thing that gets me, you know, asking like why you're making your prediction the way you're making your prediction. For those that chose the Bucks in the first round, 
solely because of Giannis Antetokounmpo. In the, in the, in the, he's a star in the making, but he hasn't gotten there yet. Mm. Like, what is this rush to be like, he's the next LeBron, or he's the yeah. next this. He's, let him be well, my, the first Giannis. My whole thing was... Same thing in the next ring, in this next My series. whole thing was, who's, who's helping him? That, yeah. that, that's always been my thing, you know? Yeah. And then you look at Philly, I mean, just the depth and the lack of experience and the fact that they went on that huge winning streak. It's like, but that's the worst thing for a young team to cool. go into going into the playoffs, to have that type of winning streak, to have that... You know, and the media blowing your head up. Yeah, well, you you go into the postseason with a false sense of identity, and then you whiz right past the the, the Heat. You know, you beat the Heat in five. Whereas what, the Celtics were just challenge. the Celtics were battle tested after that Buck series. They that's learned it. a lot about themselves yes, again playing against the Bucks. That's it. They learned, you know, what playoff basketball is like on the road. They learned the adjustments that that need to be made throughout the span of a seven game series. It's a chess they, match. They man. took that mental toughness into the series against the Sixers and they wiped the floor with them from the game one game two was a little closer game three was probably one of my favorite games I've ever covered overtime win grabbed a 3-0 lead and they pretty much ripped the soul out the Sixers you know the Sixers managed to you know avoid the sweep and not and not drop one against their home crowd not by a lot you know, not by a whole lot, but oh, did you bring did the you, Celtics managed to come back and, and and close it out in five? Did you did you bring me like a souvenir from Philly, like I asked you, a cheesesteak or nah, man. cheesecake or some of that confetti? You didn't bring me back some of that confetti, yo. I did not. Oh, no, should have swept that up for me. A little I bit. know that's a good idea. You know what, yo? Shout out to Sam Packard who not only pocketed confetti, but he went out that night and just was pouring it all over the bar, just <laughs> hissing off the natives. <laughs> the following day, we were the locals. <laughs> the following day, we were at Temple University for for Celtics practice. Opens his pocket, still had confetti on deck. Nice. Still had confetti on deck. Nice. What a moment. Nice. Look, man. And shout I don't out know to about you. shout out to Confetti Eddie. You hear about that guy? No, it was Confetti Eddie. He's the guy who pulled the trigger. Shout out to Confetti. Well, premature there, guy. Yeah. Confetti Eddie. Bust one a little too early there. Eddie. Ooh. <laughs> Came too and, soon. And you hate when that happens. Ooh, <laughs> bummer. Battle tested, man. Not only that. Mental toughness. Thank you. Not afraid of the moment. And the Celtics have shown that not just in this postseason, but all season long. Mm. And say what you want about, about Kyrie Irving not being there, but but his his DNA is all over this team. Yeah. 1,000%. Especially Terry Rozier. I've been saying that for for weeks now, for months now. His DNA is literally in Terry's game. Every and single it's, game. It, it's made a humongous impact on who Terry Rozier has become this season. Every single game that you watch of the Celtics nationally, right, whether it's on TNT or on ESPN, they have to remind you, Terry Rozier is playing for the injured Kyrie Irving. Every game. That's a reminder. And they say it more than once throughout the game just so you remember or you don't forget that, that Terry Rozier is a backup. So he's not supposed to be doing what he's doing. He's not supposed to, he's not supposed to have a hashtag Scary Terry. <laughs> he's not supposed to drop 14 in the third quarter the way he did. No. He's not supposed to, he's not supposed to you know, be trending worldwide. And who's guarding him? George Hill, keep up. Where you at? That's Rose. I don't know where that guy is. Focus. 
I have no idea what that guy is. <laughs> where's the, where's the defensive scheming for guys like Jalen Brown and no and and Jason Tatum? You know what they're gonna do in Game Three? I can literally just see LeBron James just just jumping coverages and, and just guarding everybody. No, you know what's gonna <laughs> like, happen? Like, that's you know what's pretty gonna happen? much gotta be their game plan. Jose Calderon. Why why are you bringing him up? Jose Calderon might be the answer. You think? Might be the answer for well, Cleveland. Stan Willing Osman. <laughs> Jeez. He might be the answer for uh it's an ugly looking bench. Yo, and why are people why are people shitting on Lou for playing Jeff Green, man? That's your that's your most consistent bench player throughout the postseason. You know what it is? Play Jeff Green, man. Stop no. hating on Jeff Green. Don't hate on Uncle Jeff. No. Uncle Jeff's been one of the few bright spots, if not the only bright spot off the bench for the Cleveland Cavaliers. All season long. All season long, especially in the postseason. Yeah, all season long. No. Especially in the postseason. No, man, here, here, here locally in Boston, the Boston media, they hate Jeff Green. <laughs> they really do. Why? I wonder why. You know, they, they had these high expectations for Jeff, and I love Jeff. Don't get me wrong. I love Jeff. But he was never going to live up to those expectations. No, never. Because they wanted. Why him the hell did you think Jeff Green was going to turn to Paul Pierce exactly. all of a sudden? Exactly. Because they wanted him to be Paul What's Pierce 2.0. Yeah. They wanted, like, you know, him to eventually, like, start over Paul and Paul come off the back. I don't know. Who no, knows? they thought that he would, yeah, he would, like, he would, like play second over. fiddle yeah, to, to those over. guys. He'd it's he'd like, take no. Over. Yeah. It's not who he is. That's not who he is. Exactly. It's not who he is. But Al Horford, on the other hand, we know exactly who he is. And for those that don't know who he is still, playoff Al. That's all I got to say. Playoff Al. That's all I got to say. It starts and ends with him on both ends of the floor. He's the anchor of the defense. Offense runs through him. And regardless of what his stat line looks like, he makes all the difference out there. We're talking to you, fucker Lou. <laughs> nah, fuck that dude. No, I know. <laughs> he's a. I know. He's a punchline at this point. Yeah. Lou Maloney's bullshit takes. You know, Al Horford... Like you said, it begins and ends with him. And I think he's 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 your leader. Marcus Smart is your emotional leader, but Al Horford is your leader. Oh man. I don't know if this game would have been He's your veteran. I I think this game would have been a lot more close if it wasn't for Marcus Smart throughout that second half, man. This dude was everywhere. Bro. And he was about to give your boy the hands, bro. <laughs> J.R. Smith was about to catch it. He was about to give him the fair ones. He was squaring up. Yo, did you read his mouth? Did you read his life? Yo, he said, oh, my mama. I did. With mama. everything that's been going on right now for mama him smart. to. Yo, he mama threw, smart somewhere was like, get that motherfucker. Yo, he threw all my mama out there. For all you guys out there who don't know, well, someone in the hood says, oh, my mama. And she's sick. Yeah, that dude's not playing. He, you're about to get the you're about to get the hands. <laughs> that was going to be J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith is about to get the hands. Smith, Smith almost <laughs> caught it. Until Tristan Thompson. Yeah, yo, Thompson saved him. Literally. Thompson saved him. <laughs> literally saved J.R. Smith's life by wrapping up Marcus Smart around his around his like his neck and shoulder. Which which makes you even more mad. You're like, nah, so, like, man. So like, you know, he, he Let me get him once. That punch Let me touch him up. That punch was gonna be thrown. That was the only that was the only like great defensive stop for Tristan Thompson all night. <laughs> was protecting his own teammate. Who didn't really need protecting? Because the only person that really should have been protecting him was your boy LeBron. And he was nowhere to be found during that sequence. He LeBron's was like, like, "You guys done?" I know, right? He's like, "Come can, on, man. can we can we get back to playing ball? Can we like inbound the ball real That's quick?" It's an eight point game, guys. Come on. Can you just you know tee 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 up or need to get teed up? You I'll, guys are ruining my triple double. I'll shoot the I'll shoot the tee because 
No one else can shoot the T. Only he can. Two more L's and all y'all are fired. And then I'm leaving. Lose <laughs> fired. Most of y'all motherfuckers going to be stuck playing with Jeff Green. Jeff Green's going to be the LeBron of this squad. Well, I think I think he's only signed for one year. Well, they'll bring him back. <laughs> Good old Jeff. No, man, but that's... You don't do that, man. Like, you don't... Yo, what if Horford got, like, seriously injured on that? And then and then for the refs to be like, okay, guys, let's... We're going to review that. We weren't sure if that was just a regular foul or a flagrant. Like, are you fucking kidding me? And then what makes it worse, the NBA didn't even spank those refs. Three motherfuckers that are looking... They were watching that play. And you're not going to call a flagrant, yeah, but how does, how does the You're league, not going to eject this dude? How does the league not spank those guys? Yo, DeMar... You got to throw down a, 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 a fine. I'm not talking about suspension. Throw down a fine. Call it a flagrant two. Do whatever you have to do to send a message that that's not okay. DeMar, Can't be pushing dudes midair like DeMar that. DeMar DeRozan got ejected. A flagrant two was calling him for accidentally swiping at a dude's head in last series. And you're not going to eject J.R. Smith? And the narrative of those that are saying, nah, man. Don't suspend him. He's playing like shit anyways. That's not the point. Yeah. The point is like you what you just said. You send a message. That shit is not tolerated. No. That shit's not tolerated. And for the NBA to keep pretending that they don't know what the difference between a flagrant one and a flagrant two is because you don't want to rock the boat, mm. that's some bullshit. That's messed up. We want to wait for see if Al Horford got injured to be like, oh, yeah. That, that's exactly what that's, it is. That's kind of bad. That's what it is. It's all about the way the guy oh, yeah, that play falls. Was kind of, that play was kind of bad. Oh, if if he's okay, if he's able to stand up on his own too, eh, doesn't doesn't mean what the guy initially did wasn't malicious. It was still as malicious regardless if the guy is able to stand on his own too or not. You know, And, of course, the guy I'm talking about is Al Horford. I mean, because Al Horford was able to get up doesn't mean that JR, what he did was less malicious than – what we saw. You saw the guy put two hands on his back and push him midair. No, he landed that's so... A, that's a flagrant, too. He landed so awkwardly that if he didn't put his hands out, it, it would have been bad for him. It would have been bad for Al. You know, like I said, God forbid it, it wasn't worse than what it was. And in some ways, I think that was a wrap for for the Celtics in terms of like, yeah, we're, not only are we going to win this game, but we're going to eventually going to win this series because that's... You're not going to push us around right. and get away with it. Yeah. And whether that means you get ejected or you get the hands from Marcus Smart or whoever, <laughs> you're not. You're, they're not going to stand for it. They're not going to stand for it. And then for fucking uh, Ty Lue to be like, "Oh, the Celtics are gooning up the game. Get the fuck out of here, dude." <laughs> I don't. I don't see. I didn't see Marcus Smart pushing Jr. Smith in midair. I didn't see Jason Tatum. No, scratch that. I didn't see uh, Marcus Morris push Tristan Thompson. He just let out a yell. And Trisha Thompson just happened to be in front of him. And it's funny because LeBron James was all getting emotional after game one when someone brought up the fact that the physicality played a factor in game one and how the Celtics were able to be so physical with them. And now his head coach says, oh, no, the Celtics are the ones that are gooning it up. How about, how about when you Being ask, a little too physical. How about when you, my man, ask LeBron, are the Celtics giving him any kind of coverage that he hadn't seen against Toronto or the Pacers? And he says he's seen all types well, of coverage. I've seen it all. He's seen it all. If you followed my playoff career, like, come on, fuck out of here, LeBron. Buddy. I'm talking I'm about this playoff run. I'm not talking about, about the history of your career. Yeah. Of you being in the league. Obviously, you've seen every coverage in the last 15 years. I'm talking about in this postseason run. You stupid fuck. You want to put up 15 points. When was the last time you put up 15 points exactly. in the garden? Exactly. Never. Never. But so that's the thing, though. The, the way coverage. he responded, though, you would think that he was the. so salty. You, well, yeah. Clearly, but you would you would think the question was, LeBron, have you ever been locked down 
like this in your entire career. Like, no, that's not what I asked you. I asked you, can you compare what the Celtics did defensively to what you saw against the Pacers, what you saw against the Raptors? What did they do so differently to make your ass only drop 15? Like, that was the question. I would have interrupted But him. he had to take it there. While he was answering. Nah, see, there we that's not what I was asking you, LeBron. That's not what I was asking. <laughs> I didn't ask you about your career. I didn't ask you about every single fucking other playoff series. I'm talking about this series compared to the last two. Because you swept the Raptors, you almost lost to the Pacers, and here you scored the least amount of points you scored all playoff long. Mm. One of your worst playoff performances in your career. Definitely the worst at the Garden. Right. But I wasn't going there. But I mean, exactly. just, I, I'm, I'm exactly. limited to just the postseason. Exactly. I'm talking about your career. Yeah. But hey. But we'll, you can you even we'll say see. that, Joe. Just in the playoffs alone. Definitely the worst playoff performance at the Garden of his career. Right. It has to be. But in this postseason, his easily his worst performance yeah. of, his, of, of, of 2018. So you're so you're 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 telling me that the eight or nine guys that like have guarded you, not one was different than the other. That's what you're telling me. All right, that's cool. Keep telling yourself that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's still not concerned. By the way, zero level concern stays at zero. You know, I wanted to ask that question, but zero, someone took zero, that question from zero me. Zero fucks given either. I mean, I shouldn't say they took it from me, but they they asked before I did. So, but hey, we'll see. Series shifts over to Cleveland for Game Three. See what happens. If the Celtics take one, it's a wrap. I still think the Celtics are going to win the series, but if they don't take one in Cleveland between games three and four, it's probably going to go to distance. But either way, the Celtics put themselves in really good shape. Another team that put themselves in really good shape well, is on. the Houston Rockets. Because but you, you, you want to... You want to make sure I, that the Celtics I, I win at least one. I knew you wanted to keep going with the series. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. I know you. But the Celtics have to win at least one. They don't necessarily have to to win the no, series. They, they but if they to, don't but... want this thing to go seven, they have to win one. Okay. If they don't, mark my words, if they don't win one in Cleveland between games three and four, this is going to go to distance. It's going to go to seven. All right. It's going to go seven. I mean, my whole thing is Celtics win one. You have a chance to wrap it up in game five. Mm. And you know what happens in game five. Or you know on that particular day what's going on, right? Do I got to remind you? Uh, no, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> so he doesn't want to talk about it. It's okay. It's all right. It's okay. It's okay. That would be a it nice was, gift, it was only It was only your the day, your day you, you know, shout out of the wound, but, you know, it's all good. That would be a nice gift. But you don't want to talk about it. It's I didn't okay. even think about it like that. You don't want to talk You're about right. it. No, I want to get into this series, man. This dude was like Frank the Tank from like old school. He, he totally forgot <clears throat> the day he was born. <laughs> I'm like, guy, yo, they can fucking yeah, wrap Jewel's, it up. They can wrap it up on your birthday. Jerome's not exaggerating. That's why I, I, was I like, had no idea. My birthday? I had no idea that one of these games landed on my birthday. That's how excited I am about my and birthday. It's at home, too. I think you're more upset that the fact that you're like, fuck, you know, I can't drink until like after that game ends. Like, all right, <laughs> all good. It's all good. All right. Well, it's a Wednesday, so I'm not too. I can't get saucy all day. I can't do some day drinking. I'm not too upset about it. Or who knows if it's if it's a certain type of game where you know the Celtics have a have a huge cushion. Don't worry, Sway. Maybe someone can meet me at the concourse. You know, we can do a little early celebrating. (laughs) Do our thing. We'll see. We should do a live broadcast. That's what we should do for game five. Game five. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, I think I like that idea. Or or the Celtics could just give you an early birthday gift and just you know. Not come back to Boston. That would be the biggest collapse of all time. I mean, only no, or actually, at least in the last only, two decades. At least what I, since I've been watching LeBron James, pretty much in LeBron James's career, that would be the biggest collapse if he were to get swept. 
You think so? Even with this shitty team, he has. Yes. Are you kidding me? No, no. It's good. A sweep? Name another series where he was so outmatched that he that, name another series where he choked things. Maybe not him, but mm. his team, I should say, because LeBron's still balling up regardless of the outcome. Name another series where the Cavaliers choked away a you know a, a series. Not just talking sweep, but if this were to be a sweep against this Celtics team, that's that's the biggest collapse of his career. Mm. That, that would be the worst series loss. Worst playoff loss, excuse me, for LeBron James' team. You could count the Miami teams as well. Some people would say that about the finals against the, the Mavericks, that he didn't that he didn't show up. I mean, in terms of his uh his Cleveland career before 2010 and in the last four years. Yeah, I mean, I do remember the call after Game Six in Boston in 2010 when he's taking off his jersey, and you know the Celtics shocked the world. Mm. You know, it could be the last time you know we see LeBron taking off the Cavaliers jersey, and it was, and it was like this this whole like this whole narrative of what's gonna happen next. It wasn't it wasn't that oh like this Celtics team is for real. No, it's what's gonna happen to LeBron. Mm. What is this going to result in? Even if he loses this time around, it's the same thing. What's he going to do now? Could the could the Cavs, you know, build a better team around him if he, you know, for him to stay? If that's going to be the same narrative this time around. This decision 3.0 now for LeBron. We talked about it last episode. You think he's going to Philly? Philly, Philly. That's right. He is. Like if he if if he wants to stay relevant, like you said, and possibly win another championship, and Cleveland. They're not going to be competitive or a championship or considered championship contender compared to the Sixers and the Celtics, especially the Celtics in the next few years. So why not join? He's not going to come to Celtics. So why not join the other team for a year or two? Yeah, I mean, obviously the ball's in his court. He's going to continue to do these one to two year deals where he always has the option to dip off. He's been doing that with Cleveland. So why wouldn't he do it with the next team he joins? You know, you get top dollar. You're not locked in, and you always have that option to hop on another team and continue chasing titles and continue chasing his idol, Michael Jordan. Yeah, but you know? I don't remember Michael ever <laughs> hopping to another team to try to win a championship. <laughs> nah, he did it on his own. No, nah, they came to him. Yeah, that's right. They came to him. All right, let's get into the series real quick before we wrap things up and go in case you missed it. Um, like I said, Houston making things interesting. Um, after game one, a lot of people were thinking, you know what, this – Golden State team, it's just way too much for Houston. They could chuck up as many threes as they, as they want. But one of the things that I remember after game one that stuck with me that I was saying before the series even started, but of course was reiterated after game one from the TNT broadcast was when Charles Barkley said, or Charles, no, excuse me, Kenny Smith said this. Or was it Charles Barkley? No, I think it was, no, Kenny Smith said this because Barkley said it was a wrap. Kenny Smith said, you, if you're the Rockets, you cannot expect to win this series without changing the way you run things, the yep. way you run your offense. Yep, you have, to, if, you have to be able to do something uncomfortable. If you want to win this series, you have to get out of your comfort zone mm. and shake things up, and that's exactly what we saw in game two. Stop settling for three so much. We know the three-point shot is a huge part of your offense. However, you have guys that can put the ball on the floor. Guys, of course, that are led by James Harden, by Chris Paul, but... What drove me crazy in game one was where the hell was Eric Gordon? Mm. Boom. Game two, 
there he is because this is a guy who can not only extend his shot from the uh, from the perimeter, but he can get inside. He can hit from the mid-range. He can do things that help you create space and help you create offense. That's exactly what we saw. It's almost It almost mirrors what's going on in Cleveland, whereas they were looking for guys who can do that instead of settling for jump shots. But the thing about the Houston Rockets is they have guys who've, who've, who've proven themselves throughout the year that they can score off the dribble, and that's exactly what we saw in game two. P.J. Tucker came out of nowhere and had a career night against the Golden State Warriors, pretty much blew them out. Now the series is tied one game apiece, heading into Golden State or heading into Oakland. Chris Paul looked a little banged up, but you know for someone who's never been to the Western Conference Finals before at this stage of his career, he's going to continue to push through. What do you think about the Rockets' chances heading into uh, the Oracle Arena and, and, and trying to take another one and potentially take a 2-1 lead in this best-of-seven series? Uh, before the series started, I had the Warriors coming out in six. But then after I saw game one, I was like, Ugh. Yeah, everybody's like, oh, this and one's done. Like, this could it's be, a wrap. This could be in five. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was giving the Oh, you get the, the Charles Barkley treatment. I was like, you can't. Barkley says five. That's saying, it. Yeah, that, that was after game one, though. I was like, Ugh. Because they had the lead in game one. And they just let it slip away. And like you said. Chucking threes, man. Exactly. They just were like, oh, we're just going to just shoot our way back into this. That barely works at times. That that rarely, I meant to say, rarely works at, at yeah. times. To try to shoot your way back into a right. to a playoff game. And I also think people overlook the fact that the Golden State Warriors are a very underrated defensive team. I know it's quick to say, oh, they're just an offensive team that chucks up just as many threes as the as the Rockets. Almost. I know the Rockets led the league in three point mm. attempts. Yeah, they're a, a, a team that's you know more offensively sound. Yeah, that's the better. That's the better than term. other squads. However, that's defensively, right. these guys could play D, man. Don't get no, it twisted. Iguodala no, will D you up. We saw what he did against the Cavs, you know, in the NBA Finals. He loves to give you the D. We saw. <laughs> we saw what Kevin Durant could do defensively. Draymond Green is the anchor of the defense. Your boy, playoff as Draymond's as in as full as effect. As long as he's not kicking cats in the balls, then we're good. Yeah, <laughs> he's mm-hmm. he's the anchor. He's the you know playoff Draymond's been incredible this year. So. That going up against the Rockets obviously puts them in a tough spot after the, game one. But here they come. Bounce right back. Grab one at their home court. You're supposed to grab two technically, but you put yourself in a good spot heading into, uh, you know, a really, really tough spot to play at the Oracle Arena. But I like this series. I, I do think it's going to be competitive. I, and I do think the Rockets have more of a chance to win this series than most people are giving them. Are you saying that they're going to win the series or you're, you're still going with the Warriors? I mean, heading into it, I I just always said they have a really good shot. But after seeing the two first two games, how good of a shot? First two games, I'm gonna say they stretch it to seven, okay. and then they, they're gonna gracefully bow out. <laughs> but everyone's saying four or five, so six. I mean, I I, I said the Warriors. No, they go, they're going seven. So you think this series goes goes yeah. seven? And hey, that game seven, anything can happen. But, but Harden well, could drop fifty. But what was the big difference? Paul could drop thirty five. No, you're right, but. What happened? What happened when when Harden dropped forty? They lost. But what was the big difference between game one and game two for the Warriors? Steph was off. Clay Thompson was off. Just those two guys alone. One of those two guys has to have their night. Mm. I'm not saying they got to go off for like thirty. But they have to have a typical night. Uh, Steph Curry has to have a typical night, or Clay Thompson because Steph Curry wasn't. He didn't. He didn't shoot that well in game one either. But Clay Thompson went off 
And of course Durant. I mean Durant Durant's gonna be Durant. As long as as long as he's healthy, like the Warriors are gonna be all right. Now, the difference in game two, there was more offensive balance for Houston. You talked about PJ Tucker, you talked about Eric Gordon. If they continue that, you know, Chris Paul, obviously, and then anything else from anybody off the bench, that's a bonus for for the Rockets. But they have to be more offensively sound. And I don't think that's always an easy thing in the Antonio offense. But you know who controls everything, to, who, who like brings, brings them back down to earth is Chris Paul. Chris Paul is going to have to be amazing in, in, in Oakland. Yeah, he's a difference maker. Because I, I think what Chris Paul is able to do is not only, like I said, score off the dribble, penetrate through the teeth of the defense, but we've seen epic performances where he could put a team on his back and give you that strength defensively. Whereas most teams couldn't contain Steph Curry the way they would have liked to throughout this postseason. Chris Paul can, but his health concerns are always going to be in the mix. So, But like I said, man, I mean, it's the Western Conference Finals. The guy's never been there before. This is the reason he, you know, was so excited to play for the Rockets. I think that... You mean not, not the commercials that he's making? For, uh, <laughs> no. I think that... No, not hungry. at all. No? all Those right. are pretty funny, though. All, but all no. right, cool. I think that emotion alone, that drive, that adrenaline will be more than enough for these guys to push to Game 7. And that Game 7 is going to be an epic performance. That's going to be a game for the ages. Well, I can't wait. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to quote Sean here. Shout out to you, Papa Dutra. This series can't be any less than 2-2 for the Rockets. <laughs> <laughs> if, the, if the Rockets would have a chance. <laughs> oh, man, I'm a little under the it's weather. Gotta be, it's got to be 2-2 coming back to Houston. I'm a little sick today. That was funny. <laughs> Like coughing over here. I had to turn my mic off. If the Rockets want to win this, they can't lose three. <laughs> All right. So they can't lose three for the next. In the no. Next. You can't. When they go to Oakland. Because then it's pretty much over. When they go to Oakland, they can't lose three. <laughs> next two, they can't no. lose three. All yeah. Right. All right, cool. You go to Oakland. Cool. You got to make sure you take at least one. And then after that, don't lose two more times. <laughs> don't. All right. Because you put yourself in a tough spot. All right. <laughs> uh, can we talk Shout about out to this, Sean, by the way. Can we talk about this long ass layout? Hey, I was off by a day. In between, in between these, in these, uh, you know, switching arenas. Real quick though, I was off by a day. I said, "Secret of Mile, baby." Jordan Lucas. Jordan Lucas was on the six. Dutra was born at like what, like quarter past nine at night on May six. They almost made the seventh, which is Sean's birthday. Less than three hours before Sean's birthday at midnight, the stroke of midnight uh, on May seventh. Sick of the mile, baby. Were you gonna put? Wait, this, is this in case you missed it? Am I spoiling this? No, 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 no. All right, cool. No, I was gonna give him a shout out anyway, so we might as well give him a shout out now. Jordan's gonna be the man. Can't wait to see Jordan just grow <laughs> up before our eyes. We got a chance to hang our, out with Jordan a couple our, times. A boy, Dean Dutra. Oh no, you guys hang out with him a couple times. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, yeah. I met, I met, I met little Jordan in the hospital. I met him last week after I got back from Philly. Oh man. Oh, he's a he's a, he's a big boy. He is. He's a big boy. He's a heavyweight. And Sean's got him decked out in Celtics gear already. He's oh, a heavyweight man. champion. The Pavone uncles are gonna be. It's gonna be fun hanging out with him and seeing him grow. But shout out to you, Dujo. Congrats. I don't think uh, anyone's ever had a three day stretch like he has had ever in life. No, no. 
Sean, you should write a book. For real. You know, pretty for much. Real. He, for real. He, uh, he moved into his, uh, I can do the his first home. I'll write the forward. Him, him and his lady, Paula, moved into their first home on Saturday. Baby Jordan was born on Sunday. And Ducha's birthday was on Monday. Jeez. It's a lot. And the stuff is being Philadelphia. <laughs> that's right. A couple days later. A couple days later. Sean actually saw that in the hospital, so that's pretty cool. Shout out to you. Keep doing what you're doing. We're proud of you. And enjoy your maternity leave. Oh, sorry. Paternity leave. My bad. <laughs> My bad. I just hear him now like, I'm not a woman. Take your time, Sean. He's like, I'm not breastfeeding. Take your time and we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll get you back on here soon. We'll hold you down. I hope you're watching every single I hope you hold baby Jordan during every single Celtics game. Oh, of course. You know he's watching. Because since baby Jordan's been born. Sean's been telling him like which which <laughs> player, you know, who's been, who. and It's been a good it's been a good little run there. He's telling everyone. He's telling him. Every uh, every player's role and everything, filling him in, getting him familiar with uh, with this 2017-18 Celtics team that's been incredible. Two wins away from the NBA Finals, but the series shifts over to Cleveland where things get interesting. Obviously, whenever a series switch venues, that's when you find out how interesting is it going to get, how crazy it gets. So I can't wait to see what happens. All right, let's wrap things up. With in case you missed it, the way we wrap up every single episode here at the Cosby Street Podcast. This one's running a little long here, but we had a lot to say. Joel, what did we miss, though? In case you missed it. Uh, in case you missed it, uh, LeBron James said, and I quote, we'll see what we're made of come Saturday. <laughs> and that's all I got. No, I'm kidding. No, in case you missed it. Joel's <laughs> <laughs> like, you believe that shit? And that's it for. No, nah, in case you missed it, the 2015... NBA coach of the year. You know who that is? Do you remember who that is? <laughs> I was going to say Buckholes. Er. Yes, Clay Buckholes now is coaching in the NBA. Buckholes er. That was the best Hawks season that Horford was on, huh? Yes, yes. That got swept. And, um, By the Cavs. There you go, Mike. Jesus. Mike Bullenholzer. Yeah. Mike Buttonholzer. There you go. Will be the new coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Hmm. Just agreed to a four-year deal. Okay. I don't know how I feel about that one. It's a little weird. Uh, I don't know why they didn't do this before, because Joe Prutney was just not the move. Uh, you love it, man. That's your boy, yo. I love this press conferences after the game. <laughs> he was just like, no, he was always giving praise to the Celtics. Like, yo, that's a great team over there. That is a great team. That is, you know. He sort of had like a, uh, I don't know, how do, you, how, do I, how do I word this? His approach when he, when he like answered questions was always sort of like, yeah, hey. well, you know, that's a good point, but yeah, uh, no, right. you know, uh, we got to work hard. And uh, it was always like, yeah, but, you know, what else? <laughs> like, what do you – tell us more, Joe. kind of give you this the cliche. Yeah, like, right. You know who I thought would have been a better candidate, but I guess it was – he didn't choose Milwaukee. He chose to go to New York instead. Fisdale. Fisdale, yeah. I thought Fisdale would have been great in Milwaukee. Yeah, I would have loved to see what he do with, with – with, um, with Giannis. With Giannis, yeah. 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 Instead, he has to try to figure out that mess in New York. How long do you think before he um, has his first, uh, like, freak-out press conference? Fisdale? <laughs> yeah. Game two of the regular season? When he's like, I don't, I, I don't know what to do with this damn team. Like, I need a better roster I'm than this. doing my best. And you can take that for data. <laughs> it's like, I, um, Coach, this is like. You know, pregame. Like, <laughs> you know it's going to come up, the, too. This is the pregame conference. Like, we just want to know who your starting five is. That would be one of my questions. If he says, like, this and that about something about the stats, I'm like, 
Fizdale, can we take that for data? He seems like he seems like he, he seems like he's like hard of hearing, so he's got to yell all the time, like just to like just as <laughs> just to say something regular, not even like shouting out like orders or whatever. But anyways, he's a great coach. He is a great coach. Nah, nah, he's we'll a, see. He's a good coach. Yeah, good coach. Great. <laughs> yeah, we we yeah. both were like, eh. yeah. I don't know where I don't know where that word came from. Came from the uh, school of Eric Spolstra, so he's a good coach. So, how many times do you think Stan Van Gundy has uh, submitted his application for the Toronto job? I'm saying at least Stan three times. Van Gundy, huh? At least three times. Oh, that's another guy who uh, who got canned recently, huh? Yeah, it's been a lot of been a lot of firings of of coaches. I, I'm gonna say Stan has sent about six emails. I think so. The Raptors. No, I think Stan failed in Detroit because they gave him the double role. That I remember my theory on that. You can't be a coach and a GM at the same no, time. That no. doesn't work. Shout Ask Doc's work. Shout out to Doc. Yeah. Ask that guy and see if you know he, it doesn't work. I thought they would have just taken away a title stuff, just firing him. They're just like, no, just get the fuck out. Yeah, just get out of here. I don't know. That's weird. You know what? I think Dwayne Casey would do well in Detroit, though. You know, they just want to just swap coaches. Yeah, that would work. I mean. Blake's not going anywhere anytime soon, right? No. He's still no. got something to work with there. No, not at all. He's going to be there for a while, actually. He's, he's got like four year, his, his four-year extension Yeah, last summer. He's, he's pretty salty about it. In case you missed it, the uh, NBA Award finalists list came out for all, the, uh, for all you guys excited for the, uh, that award show. How stupid is that show, by the way? I got to wait until like I don't, I don't know. I don't, draft time. I don't hate it. No, I, I like at, the idea. At, at first, I wasn't crazy about it because it was just kind of like, all right, well, these awards are for what everyone's done throughout the regular season. And then you see And like the, all the whole show behind it and yeah. everything. But I can get used to it. I don't know. I like the idea like last season, but then, you know, like you, you watch the playoffs and some of these players who were in these categories, they played like shit. So then you're like, the last thing I'm seeing of them playing like they're you know, playing awful and they, they're winning an award or they're in, they're in the running to win an award. I don't know. I like the fact that I like before where in the middle of the playoffs, people got their awards. And if you were in the playoffs, you got to, you know, hoist your trophy in front of your home crowd. Your mic is off. And they go. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I don't know. This, the whole spectacle behind it now is just like, I don't know, not necessary. Yeah. And I get it. There's no NBA basketball at the time. And then you got the draft and all that. I don't know. It's weird. But anyways, here are the uh, finalists for a couple of Celtics are in these uh, categories. By the way, the show airs on TNT June 25th. So mark your calendars or set your DVRs, whatever you do for things like this. For MVP, um, no others are on this, but for MVP, Anthony Davis, James Harden, LeBron James. LeBron made it, huh? LeBron Braun made it. I mean, I, that's not a surprise to me. Anthony Davis is a surprise to me, though. I, th- I, think, I think his late... His late season surge post DeMarcus, DeMarcus Cousins, Cousins injury. Yeah. yeah. That helped him a lot. Plus Rondo feeding him like like a big baby. Yeah, no, I was being sarcastic <laughs> with the LeBron comment. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um Yeah, I agree with all three of those. Um Harden takes it by a lot. <laughs> but yeah. Harden wins. By many votes. By many votes. <laughs> but all three yeah, I agree with all all three of those. Yeah, he's yeah. Harden's gonna win it. Um, I think I think LeBron should get some good consideration. But I mean, considering the shitty season the Cavs had, him not in general, but he's had one of his best seasons fifteen years later. But um, for six man of the year, Eric Gordon, Lou Williams, no surprise there. <laughs> Jeez, 
and Fred Van Vliet of the what? Choke Raptors, the Toronto Raptors. I'm sorry. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, Fred Van Vliet. Your boy. Yeah, someone told me I look like him. Do you think I look like him? No, I don't. Right? No. You hear that, Gary? I don't look like him. I don't think he listens. Gary Washburn. Boston Glow says I look like him. Gary Washburn, huh? You know who you look like, Gary Washburn? Who? No, I don't know who he looks like. I'm just man. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> got me all excited. I'm like, yo, give me something to take <laughs> back. A little clap back. I told him I, I kind of see it, but I don't know. Not really. I always say no one no one looks like me. Not to sound like that, but I don't know. You got a little, little Shane Larkin in you. Yeah, I can see that. A little Shane. A little bit. A little Shane. Yeah. Um. Yeah, why is he... I don't. I don't know, bro. I don't know. Well, I'm trying to think of someone I was. I would plug in there instead of him, know. and I can't. No, I, I mean, no. I was gonna say Marcus Morris. Yeah, but it's because that happened late in the season, yeah. and because of all the injuries, it's it's yeah. tough to even label someone a six man because it's yeah. like from the Celtics. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the six man is like the tenth man <laughs> in yeah. some cases. Yeah, I mean, I think they need they need a third candidate. And they were like, oh, Toronto was doing so great. Yeah, let's throw him in there. Yeah. Well, they have uh, the thing about Toronto, and this is why I, I feel like Luke. This Luke. is why I struggle to comprehend the fact that they got swept the way they <laughs> did. But their bench, they finally had a deep bench to counter the Cavaliers, and it was almost like any matter. given night somebody was going to step up. And I, a lot of the times, or at least in a handful of games that I saw, it wasn't always Van Fleet. You know, so that's why I'm I'm kind of surprised. To me, if you're a six man candidate, you're that guy ninety percent of the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, there were guys like Dion Wright who would step up. There were guys, you know, uh, who am I forgetting? C.J. Miles. Actually, I, why did I say that? C.J. Miles is the guy I should have said right after. You know, so I feel like yeah, I'm I'm now I see it. I agree with you because they were the top team in the in the Eastern Conference. They sort of just picked a guy. From their second unit to, to plug in there. But it wasn't even the second as a nominee. unit that let that team down against. No, no, I know. I know. I, 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 that's true. It was the All-Star. But it was supposed to help them, Joel. I know. I Damn know. it. I know. Trust me, I know. Why are you guys soft? <laughs> and most and blow that team up already. And it's not Dwayne Casey's fault. It's not his fault. We'll get to him in a second. Jeez. Oh, most improved? Oh, is he in this? Oh, man. No, Dwayne Casey's not the most improved. No, I'm talking about. <laughs> this segment. <laughs> I'm talking about Casey missed it. Oh man, Clint Capella, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, Sean's boy. <laughs> he would pick him. And Victor Oladipo. Oh, Victor, Victor wins. Why isn't Jalen Brown in this over Dinwiddie? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, Dinwiddie over Jalen Brown. Like I know he wasn't gonna win the win the award because it's gonna go to Oladipo, obviously. Yeah. He is an all-star. But Jalen Brown was a borderline all-star. More than doubled his his, his uh, point average. Mm. Yeah, what did he put up, like six last year? Seven? Seven points. Barely over seven points. Yeah. More than doubled that this year. Yeah. That's just me. And he was going to be a starter regardless. Like, I, I don't yeah, know, if, I that, know right? if that factors in, but right. because of Gordon Hayward going down. No, he was going to start in that backcourt regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. That was the plan heading into the season. Defensive player of the year, Joel Embiid. Oh, Rudy Gobert, or Gobert, if you want to pronounce it the way you want to pronounce it. Huh. Why isn't Al Horford in this conversation? George <laughs> just plugging in Celtics players for every category. I'm serious, though. <laughs> Again, I didn't think he had a chance shot at winning it, 
But if you want to come up with two guys, you can't come up with the third guy. I think Al Horford should have been on the list. Yeah, I mean, because of what happened down the stretch, like I said, I mean, he's always been the anchor of the defense, but when Kyrie Irving went down, this team, the defense just went up a notch, you know? Like, remember they were limiting teams to, like, 100 points, teams that were averaging over 110, 112, you know? I mean, there's a, there's a reason why the Celtics had the number one defense all season long. Yeah. And one of the main reasons, his name is Alfred Joel Horford. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Okay, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> she, she put that tweet out not too long ago. I love it because I retweeted. Because your middle name is Joel? Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> My middle name is not Joel. I mean, because his middle name is Joel. Not just- <laughs> no, no, I retweeted it to be like, yo. She confirmed that with us. Remember one the Oh, that's one right. Yeah. The very first time we all introduced ourselves. Yeah, she was yeah. like, oh, that's Al's middle name. Yeah. So yeah. I, I was like, that, that's true. Well, no trolling. She wasn't trolling. <laughs> that was funny. Good times. Good times. All right. So we got a uh, rookie of the year, Donovan Mitchell. I give it to Embiid, by the way. But oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell, Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum. <laughs> now, I say Mitchell wins it. It's because Simmons is not a rookie. That and the fact that Donovan Mitchell can shoot the basketball. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just that alone. Plus, he averaged more. He averaged more points. He was more. Uh, he made more of an impact for, for you know for Utah. I mean, yeah. Look at look what happened with Utah. Like Utah. Yeah, Utah even, had Utah had no business Utah getting as far the, as they did. Utah. Well, no, I, I mean ending the season like where where they were seeded. Were they fourth? Yeah, but that's they what, had no business being that high. That's what I'm saying. They were fifth. That's why they didn't have the home court against. Oh, that's right. OKC. Yeah, yeah, they just missed out on it. They were fighting for fourth, and they took care of OKC. When, I know it's a regular season award, but leading up to weeks before, weeks before the uh, the the season ended, like Utah wasn't even in the playoff picture, and I know it was a big battle all the way to like the 12th seed out west of who was going to get in, you know, the top eight. Right. But Utah did it. Yeah, but Philly Philly was pretty high too. But at the same time, though, I don't know if you can say Simmons carried them. You know, mm. it's more of a group effort, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that Simmons didn't have a great season. He had a great season, but Don, Donovan Mitchell, he's the real deal, dude. Yeah, he's the real deal. And ironically enough, Jason Tatum is the only rookie still standing in the playoffs, still doing his thing. Uh, Coach of the year, Quinn Schneider of Utah Jazz, Brad Stevens. And Dwayne Casey of Toronto, question mark, since he's not employed by them anymore. <laughs> Side note, whoever runs the Toronto Raptors Twitter shot at him out. Why? <laughs> Wait, you're talking about the official Twitter account for the Toronto Raptors gave him props for being nominated. Yes. <laughs> They said, because the NBA released, you know, all the finalists, and they retweeted it by saying, congrats, coach. How pissed off would you be? If, if you I'm doing Casey, I would just, I would, ret- I would retweet it and comment, fuck you. See, that's another reason why these awards shouldn't be given out this late. Like, is he going to be there? Like, how awkward is it going to be when he gets up there, if he is going to be there, and he wins the award, and he's going to talk about the team that just fucking fired him? <laughs> <laughs> like, what is, what is he going to say? And this is the same GM that fired George Carl when he wanted a few years back in yeah. Denver. Yeah. They're like, how weird is that? Like, they couldn't wait before they fired this dude? Why do you shot him out, though? That's what I'm saying. I don't like, get that's, that. another, that's another thing. If you, sh- you fired him, fine. 
Congrats, coach. Yay. <laughs> we fired you, but hey, it was a great season, wasn't it? Yeah. What the fuck? That's the weirdest thing ever. Yeah, that's weird. That's so awkward. I mean, you congratulate someone that you got rid of. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. That is exactly what happened, bro. If I'm him, I'm like, so what did I do wrong? I know, right? congratulating me. Congratulating my ass. I'm the best coach in the NBA, and you're shouting me out, I guess, because you uh, you agree with it. It makes you wonder what kind of conversation they had. It's fucking stupid. Maybe it's a sarcastic tweet. You know what I mean? Maybe it's a a sarcastic congrats. No. You know? I I would love to be a fly on the wall when they they called him into the office. They had an exclamation point. Fired him. And I quote, congrats, coach. And every single follow that follow that 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 thread by the way, <laughs> go to that go to the official Toronto Raptors Twitter and look at every every comment following that tweet. Like, why are you congratulating this man <laughs> if you just fired him? That means you didn't believe in him. But hey, but congrats anyways, Dwayne Casey. It's not his fault, man. No, I know. I'm not saying it is his fault. I know, but I, I just, was I was shocked. I just think it's messed up. I was shocked. They should. It's a players' league. I'm telling trade, you. Trade, 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 fucking. DeMar DeRozan, don't fire. I'm don't telling you, it's a, it's a players' league. Yeah. I feel like back in the day, it was like, oh, you got, if, if players weren't cutting it, the team wasn't cutting it, players got traded. Nowadays, coaches get fired. It's fucked you up. know, that's the solution. It's fucked up. That's what it is. Well, in case you missed it, the final piece, the last piece from the trade that brought Kyrie Irving to the Boston Celtics has been announced. Hmm. As the Cavaliers will be picking eighth in this year's NBA draft. Danny that's, Brooklyn's, that's Brooklyn's pick, by the way, if you guys are asking, well, well why, does, why does it matter what Cleveland's going to pick? When Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, and Ante Jizik <laughs> were packaging the deal for Kyrie Irving, this pick here that I'm talking about was included. Brooklyn's pick. Thank you, Paul Pierce. Kevin Garnett. And uh, what was it, 2021 second round? 2031? Yeah. Th- I don't know, what, whatever. Second round pick like 10 years from now, was also thrown in there when they were like, hey, guys, Isaiah's more injured than we thought he was. <laughs> Give us something else. Come on. Give us another pick. Here you go. Take all the second-round draft picks you want. Did you hear what Denny A said last week? Well, that somebody uh, from the Cavs called him a fucking thief? Is that what you're talking about? No. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Um, it was about the trade, actually. It was okay, about, okay. Um, well... Yeah, I guess that was about the trade too. But no, it was about how uh, they were actually considering throwing the Tatum pick in there. Oh, yeah. No. And then they, they they finally decided, no, the Brooklyn pick's enough. That's it. I mean, it wouldn't have been both. Oh, but. no, but no. But you're saying like trading Tatum because they, they, Tatum was already drafted. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Good God. That but been they bad. stood their ground. So you think it's happened for a reason, man. Yeah. Can you imagine this team without Gordon Hayward and Jason Tatum? For those that don't know. Play conspiracy theory music. I know, right? <laughs> Actually, that doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> I'm going to drop it right now. I know, right? It's not a conspiracy. We're just saying imagine. We're not saying it makes that. makes no sense at all. We're not saying it's that like. Complete hypothetical situation. We're not, we're, I know, right? we're, not, we're not saying that like, yo, did somebody tell Danny like not to trade Tatum? <laughs> because Gordon was going to get injured on that faithful October evening? No, that's not what we're saying at all. We're just saying. Yeah. We're just saying try to picture. The Celtics' leading scorer in the playoffs right now, who is Jason Tatum, not being on this team, doing what they're doing without him, Gordon Haywood, and Kyrie Irving. Yeah, to me, the Cavs are playing hardball, and Dane didn't fold. 
Because that's not what Danny does. It doesn't fold. So things worked out. But, man, the eighth pick, the worst pick out of all of those Brooklyn picks where the Cleveland Cavaliers were pretty much convinced that was going to be Brooklyn. at least a top five pick. That was what that trade was about. I mean, Isaiah was obviously a big chunk of it, but to me it was that it was that pick that they're looking forward to. And, and Brooklyn, to. without Jeremy Lin, we forget, got injured early in the season. He still plays? Didn't tank. They didn't tank. They said, no, we're not going to be the laughing stock anymore. And how about Cleveland? And they got Russell, too. And he went down. Yeah, he, and they all went down. That's what, I mean, maybe Dinwiddie you know, <laughs> he does deserve to be in that category. Fuck it, give it to him. Most approved. Shit. Motherfuckers <laughs> had a rough year. And that is it <laughs> for... In case you missed it. Make sure you follow us on all social media accounts at Causeway Street. Yo, let's get these Snapchats, viewers, guys. Come on. Yeah, man. Add us on Snapchat. On that. Causeway Street. You guys missed some confetti falling from... From uh, Wells Fargo Arena, mm. you guys missed when Sway was like, you know, becoming a tourist all over Philly. How was that, by the way? Were the locals giving you a hard time, or you didn't say you were from Boston? No, it was funny because um, I well, I did. I, I you know, you know how it is. Yeah, <laughs> People, they just they just look at you like you ain't from here, huh? Yeah, and you know, <laughs> were you wearing your Celtics shirt again? Come well, on, you can't be doing that, man. No, no, I don't. <laughs> I again, I don't do that. <laughs> You know how it is. Like, oh, so where are you from? You know, and small talk. And everyone was just like, man, we're all shocked. Hmm. What the hell happened last night? Wow. Was, this is after game three. I didn't really go out much until after the, uh, after game three. But yeah, everybody was shocked. Everyone was upset. And you would be shocked when I start bringing up the LeBron James conversation. They're like, yeah, but, you know, we got these dudes that homegrown. I'm like, oh, really? What? <laughs> They're like he's not Ben Simmons. They's like he's not. Who, one who are you of talking us. about? He's like LeBron. He's not. A, he's not. A, he's not one of us. Well, yeah, no, we got him, and then you know, you know, we got Joel and Pete. Who else do you guys have though? That can Markel Fultz bring you to a to a title? Markel. Yeah, but you know, you just gotta let things unfold and mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. wait more more than the five years have been waiting already. So you don't want LeBron James though? You'd be shocked, man. Wow. Yeah. What about... They took the whole saying, trust, trust in the process to a whole nother level. What about, like, were they talking about firing Brown, Brett Brown? Like, get him out of here? Get him in the game? Uh, like, I feel like... A couple of guys said that he's a really bad coach. No one said that they should fire him. But, yeah, they were putting some of the blame on him. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like when they, w- they win, they're like, yeah, we're, we're, we're coming yeah. out of the East. And then when they would lose... They'd be like, you know, get rid of this guy, get rid of this other right. guy. You know, I don't know. They just kind of, they're prisoners of the moment, so yeah. to speak. But it's funny because after Game Four, I, I feel like they really thought that this team could at least force a Game Seven. Like mm-hmm. they were, they were bummed out after Game Five. I um, can imagine. Well, I say they, as I was speaking to uh, mostly the Sixers media, uh, but the, yeah, the fan base, man, yeah, they were, they were just shocked. They couldn't believe it. They, they just, I think a lot of them just weren't familiar with, with, with Boston. I don't think they kept a close eye throughout that Milwaukee series, you know? So Yeah, I mean But just, Philly was cool. I liked Philly. Philly as a uh, city was cool. I like it. It's uh I think no one I think when they took care of the, the Miami. Was, it was fun. They were just gonna just like Yeah, exactly. Same thing, same thing or similar was gonna happen with they're like, oh there's no Kyrie. No Kyrie, no, exactly. Hey we're just like, yeah, they they'll they'll take care of them same way handily that they did with Miami and they were shocked. Yeah. Utterly shocked. Yeah. yeah nightlife is pretty dope over there. Really? Yes. Mm. Yeah, it's got a little out, outdoor spots. Mm. 
weather was nice. It's like a uh, sort of like a bigger Boston, same type of hours. There are there are a couple spots that go to three, mm. which I think which I highly recommend the city of Boston somehow invest in. Come on, get the clubs open till three. And then, of course, there's the, the, the late night that? spots. Late night spots are like to eat. It's, it's open till five. But oh, You hear that, Matty Walsh? We want until 3 a.m. Hey, man, be careful of those accents, Joel. <laughs> You're going to piss somebody off. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's my fault. <laughs> All right. Before I, before I cough up a lung over here. Shout out. I'm so sick right now. Shout out to you, Gene. For oh, your, here we go. For your comments. I shouldn't have brought this up. YouTube. <laughs> we love and welcome all types of feedback. Thank you for listening. <laughs> and with that, we out. <laughs> Until next time, Causeway Street, the Pavone Brothers. Hit us up on Causeway no, Street. Hit us up on CausewayStreet.com <laughs> for all your playoff coverage. We got some stuff up there about uh, you know Marcus Marr, what he's been dealing with, with his, uh, uh, his mother who's fighting uh, cancer right now, but he's still putting in the work so i don't know where that's this guy is finding his well i I mean i have an idea where he's finding his inspiration from Mm -hmm. but like just the just the fact that he's not there with her but he's still doing his thing for the team i don't know what's gonna happen this summer but i'm enjoying everything i'm seeing right now from him especially since he's been back something's a what eight and two since he's Mm -hmm. been back balling man bring him back been balling come on 12, 13 mil, get it done. Yo, I was. I can't envision a contract that'd be higher than that for I, Marcus. I was on. Get it done. I was someone that's like, no, he doesn't deserve any more than like eight or nine. And I'm like, yo, now, over the last 10 games, I'm like, yeah, give him like 10, 11, maybe 12 at the most. Get it done. But got to make sure that no team says, we'll give you 15. You know, you never know. Nah, I don't think so. I hope not, but we'll see. It's a guard heavy league. And if you're not a first or second scoring option, which I don't think Marcus Smart is. I don't think he, I don't think he'll command that type of money. So, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. That's a, that's way down the road. In the meantime, we can enjoy what he does on the floor, man. You sure can. Oh man, that guy is a beast. Yo, make sure you uh, you also subscribe to us on, on iTunes if you haven't already, and subscribe to the CLNS Media YouTube channel. Well, you'll see Sway and his many many reports before and after Celtics games. Hell yeah! Definitely check it out, guys. Appreciate it. And until then, Sean, we miss your brother. Congrats. We'll talk to you soon. And everybody else, we'll see you next time. Oh, we'll, yeah. Yeah, we'll see you next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> until next time. Until That's next it. week, guys. We up out of here. Peace. <laughs>